0: In today's podcast, I'm going to continue with the from the previous podcast, which I was discussing dealing with disrespectful teens. If you haven't heard my first podcast, I really recommend that you do so because that one is filled with a lot of insight that lots of the times we are not told as parents that we need to think about. Now, usually, what we term as disrespectful behavior from our teens. Teens would be cursing, yelling, arguing, ignoring you, refusing requests, name calling. But all this is a kind of a wake up call to us parents. When our teens are doing these things, it's telling us that we need to be in control of the situation more and we need to set better limits. And I I know that this is a process and that it happens over time. It's not something that you can just snap your fingers or make some changes and it will all be fine. The whole parenting is a process and you are not going to see results now. Parenting, marriage, it's all long-term results that you see and you put in work all the time and you only sometimes see the results at a later date. So all this is part of life and I think one of the things we have to do as parents is start to accept that now before we get into some solutions about how to deal with disrespectful behavior in our children we need to talk about what's going on with them if your child suddenly was you know wonderful or easygoing and they start talking back to you rolling their eyes giving you attitude become annoying and difficult to deal with and then of course the disrespect just comes suddenly you have to take this as a normal part of adolescence because they're going through a lot of changes in life and they are going it's a very confusing time so the sudden um, change would be a good indication just moving from being a child that's dependent on you and moving into another stage of life where they're trying to um, you know learn more how to do things for themselves but yet <laughs> just stuck in the middle I was reading that actually what causes the rudeness and disrespect from those teens is that they they want to gain their independence but at the same time they find it so difficult and they don't know how to deal with their uh, emotions because they have such immature coping skills that they will become rude and disrespectful and lash out and the funny thing is that is actually the cry for help but it's so hard to distinguish that because you just want to back out of instinct but in actual fact when you're getting the bad vibes you need to come back with good vibes and that's just really being a parent and an adult now when we look at analyzing disrespect from teens of uh, their behavior often comes to really a lack of knowledge about how to be more respectful um as they're trying to enter this different phase of childhood and and our children are going to pull away from us and react in a negative way before they learn to react in a positive way and that's why uh, we as parents we have a job to teach them how to act appropriately and be respectful towards us and to other grown-ups. Now what if you had a teen that was just has been disrespectful for most of their life and it's just something that is even intensified in adolescence and this is definitely much harder to handle because you will have that means that you as a parent are going to need to make some changes in your behavior in setting limits because your child has for a while been taking advantage of you and now you need to um, make sure that that's changing because your child is not getting better but actually getting worse. I think most parents just feel that there's no hope or it's too late, but you cannot think like that. There is always hope there's it's always never too late. But what you will need to understand is that it will most probably be a little harder the later you start uh, setting those limits um, the further they are in their teenage years. Now a good example to give you to set limits would be if your teenager wants to go out with their friends. Maybe you don't like those friends or maybe your teenager hasn't been pulling his or her weight around, doing their chores, uh, taking on their responsibilities. And so you can set a limit of um, no I do not you to go out with your friends because you have not fulfilled your obligations and responsibilities now of course your teen is going to lash out be disrespectful slam the door whatever your teen does when they don't get their way but this is the part where you as a parent um need to stand your ground first of all you need to not let that get to you and whatever your teen is going through um, do not take it personally stick to your guns and not let their behavior affect you. And I know that's really hard because it really bothers me when my teens act up like that because I feel that, you know, this is not acceptable behavior. But then again, you know, this is just how your teens are reacting to not getting their way. So stand your ground. And then you can always tell your teen that when they are calmed down, you can explain more to them and they can come and have a conversation with you. And then, of course, when your teen is um, has calmed down and hopefully you get to have that conversation with him or her, you can explain to your teen that um, that behavior that they displayed was not acceptable and you can explain how it made you feel and you can also tell your teenager, acknowledge their emotions by saying things like, I understand that you are disappointed. I understand that you are angry, but you shouldn't act this way because it makes us feel hurt and it causes us to have pain. So you see in both cases, you're acknowledging your teen's um, emotions, but you're also expressing your emotions. And again, it's not to say that your teen's going to be, oh, okay, I get it now. No, it's just you again having this communication with your teen and explaining the situation, but still not giving in. But it is important to have this part and definitely have it only when your teen is has calmed down because you do not do not want to talk to your teen when your teen is having a tantrum because it's just going to turn into a whole back and forth power struggle. And that's the last thing you need to get into with teens is this power struggle. And I think a lot of parents feel that they have to win this battle. And it's not a battle. Remember, this is your child, a child that you love. You don't need to have battles with your child. And it's not about winning. And it's not about saying the last word. It's about loving this child and being there for this child when your child needs you the most and needs you to be a supportive um, adult mature person who understands that there is more that's going on here and not just looking at the situation as an isolated incident you know i think as parents we need to accept the fact that they are going to be many times our teens are going to be angry at us and we're going to need to set the limits that they don't like but that's okay that just means that we are doing our job as a parent. Let's get on to some tips about dealing with a disrespectful teenager. The first point, which is really, really top of the list and is one that I found though, very hard to implement and I'm um, still a work in progress, so, I'm sharing this with you, but understand that the struggle is real and I'm still having to separate my emotions from what my children say. So point number one is don't take anything your your teen says personally. So from my research and findings online, um, reading how not to take things personally, I read that a lot of um, psychologists were saying that it's really not about you. They are focusing on themselves and they are just feeling angry and lashing out so instead of allowing yourself to feel hurt or angry because again you're just going to get into a power struggle with them you just have to maintain your calm and you have to be clear and direct with your child and if they're being sassy or starting to push on the boundaries you could you know we all need to have these boundaries with them and limits and so say your child is uh, yelling at you which is something that i will not accept and that's a boundary i've set you calmly say things like don't talk to me that way i don't like it and then turn around and walk away so instead of yelling oh how dare you and you have no right to talk to me that now becomes a power struggle and you don't want to get into power struggles because that child or that teen is not learning you have to be very calm and say don't talk to me that way i don't like it and then turn around and walk away so you are closing off That argument, and you are telling them that the behavior is wrong, and then you are disengaging from them. And then, if you, if there's a consequence that you need to uh, implement, because say maybe your child really stepped on a boundary and maybe said a swear word, which is now totally unacceptable, or called you a name, then you can say things like, "It's not okay to call me those names" or "to swear." when I tell you that you cannot go out with your friends. So now I, you will lose your cell phone for um, the entire day. So you have to have this in advance and I'm not, that's about step number two, so I'm not gonna go there. But some of the times when they're gonna push on your boundary and it's gonna go beyond just being disrespectful and it's going now into actually um, an area that you, do not want to accept at all and this is now going towards bad character then you need to give a consequence but again in that very calm voice and you need to set a time on it because that's very important I think I've done this in the past and it's really not uh, effective because I'll be angry and I'll just tell my son well you lost your phone give it to me and I'll take it away and I I haven't really said how long I will take it away and I just keep it and you know it's just again Um, you have to be very clear and say, I will be taking your phone for the rest of the day and and try and make the consequences uh, align with the action because sometimes we can just be angry and we just want to hurt and the point is not to hurt our teenager. Our point is to teach lessons that you are not allowed to behave a certain way because there will be consequences. So again just staying on focus and being very in charge of our emotions and that's why this is a very important point. Do not take anything personal with your teenager if you can do just this lesson it will be life-changing because it will help you to control the anger and the pain that you are taking from your teenager's behavior when it's really not about you it's about them and all the confusing emotions and the immature um, you know brain that's not able to comprehend and and you know just so many factors and you can hear all about that in my other podcast so the next point after not taking things personal with your teenager is about being prepared um, in your parenting journey and again this is something that oh we were not told as parents. I mean, I had to learn this along the way. We cannot be in our parenting journey and just going with the flow. Um, You have to sort of be prepared. And honestly, when I read this, I was blown away because I just thought that, you know, as a parent, you will just know what to do. But you also need to have coping skills and you need to have set these um consequences in advance so for example you should have a list and whether it's a mental list or you write it down if my child oversteps this boundary and first of all you need to make a list of the boundaries so you will not accept this 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 and this and make sure that your boundaries are realistic and you know you are um not being narrow-minded about what you expect from your teen because after all that you're dealing with a teenager there is going to be issues and you can't focus on petty things so i would say things like you know um uh, talking loud to me um swearing calling me names those things are definite no-nos and i would put that as a boundary then set a consequence for if my child does this this will be the consequence and set a time limit as well so having a the boundary number one number two having the consequence and number three having a time limit on the consequence. Another thing to be prepared is to remember that you don't have to attend every fight that your child is trying to draw you into. It's not a power struggle reminding yourself that this is a child that you love and it's not uh, some a person that you're having a battle with and you need to win this battle it's not about that let's put our nafs aside and to focus on the bigger picture which is we teaching our children how to communicate how to react to difficult situations but of course if you are having a child that is extremely disrespectful because you haven't set the limits before then that's going to take a lot of work it's going to just be a lot more challenging for you so again just try and stay out of the power struggle and uh, remember that you just will set your clear limits with the consequence and the time and of course set your boundaries and over time inshallah your child will learn these boundaries but it will just be much harder if you haven't done this before and you know um some parents have asked me you know where's that line with the disrespectful behavior and i think we all need to know what is okay for our teens to do and not to do and, and what is considered uh disrespect and i think that it's an individual thing because it will depend on so many factors and if you listen to my previous podcast when we are judging what uh disrespect is and that's why i go into detail about having an open mind about disrespect and not just keeping it to um oh you're not supposed to do this because you are Muslim or you are my child but understanding that what situation is your child in, what kind of environment are they in and making those judgments um on that. So let's go to number three. And I've mentioned this uh in point number one and two but it's also another important point which is avoid power struggles at all costs with your teens because once you are embroiled in a power struggle it's means that you've already lost you you're not teaching any lessons and this is going to be a recurring thing with your teen and the last thing you want to do is have this vicious pattern pattern in your house because it's going to cause a lot of turmoil in your family it's not going to help your teen at all and it's going to cause you a lot of stress so again we go back to point number one which is not to take it personally that will help a lot with avoiding power struggles and then point number two is to plan ahead and to set the consequences this will also help you with your power struggle because usually when we get into power struggles with our teenager it's because we feel that if we allow them to win then they are going to repeat that behavior well first of all when you don't take things personally you're not going to get angry then when you plan ahead and you understand that when my child is stepping out of line i have the consequences i have these boundaries then you actually feel more power empowered because you will need to um, win that battle because you already know what you are going to do a lot of the times we're getting to these power struggles because we are feeling helpless we're feeling hopeless we don't know what to do so we start yelling and fighting back and that is just Um, showing that we are ill-prepared we are taking our teenager as somebody that's our equal and that is absolutely not the case our teenager is not our equal they do not have the same developed brain as us they do not have the same wisdom or experience so they are um, much less mature and be the bigger um, smarter adult there because they are definitely not Honestly, as your child goes through life, and if they just one of those stubborn souls that will not change and just don't treat people right, and you know, astaghfirullah, I hope that doesn't happen to your child. But as they go through life, and they'll understand that when they treat people bad, they're not gonna get a good reaction. So they will eventually learn that lesson. But of course, it does start at home. Point number four is, you know, just simply to be determined and to be patient. If you want things to be different, you'll have to make up your mind to do them differently and to stick with it. So it's a bit of consistency as well. And that's what I mean by being determined is just say that you are going to set these rules, set these limits, and you're going to stick with them. You know it's for the best of your child. And then you have the patience to endure it and to keep being consistent because what our teens are doing is they're constantly testing us. And if we, they see that we have we budge and we change our rules and we don't keep them accountable for the expectations they are going to understand that those expectations and those consequences and those limits we've set are not serious and that's the worst thing you can do to recap is be determined be consistent and be patient when dealing with your teens and um inshallah you know they will as you start doing that they will understand that okay you know if i do this my parents are going to do this and it does help the behavior because i have done it with my teens anything that i stuck to that has improved but anything that i didn't and i was flaky about it i'm still having the problem so honestly can say that's another important point and the final tip i can Mention that i've you know found to be so helpful when dealing with disrespectful teens is don't try to be your child's friend no you're not their friend they don't need another friend they can get tons of friends they need you to be their teacher they need you to be their parent they need you to be their coach and they need you to be their mentor it's your job to teach your kids to behave more respectful and to manage their emotions better and we have to play these roles and we have to be the limit setter for them because who else is going to do that their friends are definitely not going to do it so that's why they do not need another friend children actually thrive and feel more secure when there's rules and consequences and limits for them and they might show you that they don't like it but that is actually best for them and when they grow up into adults they will feel more secure if they had those consequences and limits set for them. I mean that's just you can find that anywhere children who have routines and rules and consequences for their actions are children that thrive and are happier children and really that's why Allah gave us the situations where children are sitting main with their parents because that's what they need at that age so you know just looking at that from a realistic sense and you know just in conclusion i think we have to remember our intention we are trying to raise our kids to be able to function in the real world and to be responsible adults who can live on their own and can become good muslims it's our job as parents to teach and guide our kids to become a functional well-rounded human beings and they learn the respect from us and how we raise them and we want to give them those correct tools and the way we deal with them is going to be how they're going to deal with their children as well and how they're going to deal with difficult situations they are watching us all the time and we are an example to them so again just looking at the bigger picture and if we want our children to be respectful then we have to respect them when you t- when your children become teenagers they are young adults and you have to not treat them like little kids anymore. You have to start treating them as especially if they've passed puberty, they're really accountable for their sins. So Allah has already determined that they know right from wrong. So all you need to be to them is their mentor and their coach and to keep on teaching and not to worry so much is on checking, oh, are they listening? But to keep on being that reminding force because eventually all that will stay in their head. I'm sure if you look back at how your parents um, reacted and all the things that now you are doing because they taught you. You do go back to that. There's so many things I've gone back to that my parents taught me, and I thought, wow, you know, at that time I didn't want to do that, but now I am. It, it sticks in your head. So just keep on and don't lose hope because, of course, um, Shaitan wants us to lose hope so that we go astray. And so just keep on having hope and realize that parenting is a very difficult task. And that's just something we have to accept. It's one of those life things that we have to go through and you know just have a lot of wisdom with your teen and a lot of compassion and try these steps inshallah and i really hope it helps of course there's no one size fits all for everyone but you know just keep on having the hope and make a lot of dua Don't forget du'a is such an important aspect of raising teens. Um, The du'a of a parent is answered, so you have that, and make du'a for your children all the time because they really do need it, and teach them to make du'a for themselves, and teach them to make du'a for you, because when you left this earth, then, you know, when. We want our kids to pray for us so our deeds can continue. So, teach your kids to make dua for you as well and just make dua a part of your life. And you know, this also will be something that you'll need to lead by example. And then, of course, tell them and then you know, show them dua's that they can say. What I try and do is just anytime we're facing anything, I just go to my kids and say, Oh, this is a dua for that, and say this dua. And you know, you can just say it from your head and just reminding them which dua's because. When they have that, it will stick in the head when they need it. Happy parenting and may Allah help us and make our parenting journey easy.